Hello fellow story champions, my name is Simon Brooks. Welcome to Lindy Line, a story podcast. Here you will find old stories, some written by the likes of Kipling and Robert Louis Stevenson, ancient folk and fairy tales retold for a modern audience of families, and original short stories I have penned myself. I will be retelling some of the classic folk and fairy tales and some of the stories you may not be familiar with. I'm taking you around the world with these tales. And there will be some history too. You never know. Are you comfortable? Then sit back and listen. Once, when all creatures could understand one another and the realm of magic was as apparent as the swords worn and the fae were still seen sprinkling fairy dust into the eyes of those who were to see them, there were stories. Are you comfortable? Then sit back and listen. When I was a kid, a young child about knee-high to a grasshopper, my mum used to read stories from a very, very old book called The Just So Stories. It was so old it was falling apart. It was written a long time ago by Rudyard Kipling, the year after my granddad was born. I not only loved the stories, but I fell in love with Kipling's illustrations too. If you get the chance, see if you can find some of the drawings Kipling made for the book. But try and find large pictures, because there are so many wonderful details in them. This is the first story from the book, and is called How the Whale Got His Throat. In the sea, once upon a time, O oh best beloved, there was a whale, and he ate fishes. He ate the starfish, and the garfish, and the crab, and the dab, and the place, and the dace, and the skate in his mate, and the mackerel, and the pickerel, and the really, truly, twirly-whirly eel. All the fishes he could find in the sea he ate with his mouth. So, till at last there was only one small fish left in all the sea, and he was a small, stooped fish, and he swam a little behind the whale's right ear so as to be out of harm's way. Then the whale stood up on his tail and said, I'm hungry. And the small stoot fish said in a small stoot voice, Noble and generous cetacean, have you ever tasted man? No, said the whale. What is it like? Nice, said the small stoot fish. Nice but nubbly. Then fetch me some, said the whale and he made the sea froth with his tail. One at a time is enough, said the stute fish. If you swim to latitude 50 north, longitude 40 west, that is magic, you will find, sitting on a raft in the middle of the sea, with nothing on but a pair of blue canvas breeches and a pair of suspenders, you must not forget the suspenders, best beloved, and a jackknife, one shipwrecked marina. Who, it is only fair to tell you, is a man of infinite resource and sagacity. So the whale swam and swam to latitude 50 north and longitude 40 west, as fast as he could swim, and on the raft in the middle of the sea, with nothing to wear except a pair of blue canvas breeches, a pair of suspenders, you must particularly remember the suspenders, best beloved, and a jackknife, he found one single solitary shipwrecked marina trailing his toes in the water. He had his 
mummy's leave to paddle, or else he would never have done it, because he was a man of infinite resource and sagacity. Then the whale opened his mouth back and back and back, till it nearly touched his tail, and he swallowed the shipwrecked mariner, and the raft he was sitting on, and his blue canvas breeches, and the suspenders, which you must not forget, and the jackknife, he swallowed them all down into his warm, dark inside cupboards, and then he smacked his lips, so, and turned around three times on his tail. But as soon as the mariner, who was a man of infinite resource and sagacity, found himself truly inside the whale's warm, dark inside cupboards, he stumped, and he jumped, and he thumped, and he bumped, and he pranced, and he danced, and he banged, and he clanged, and he hit, and he bit, and he leapt, and he crept, and he prowled, and he howled, and he hopped, and he dropped, and he cried, and he sighed, and he crawled, and he bawled, and he stepped, and he leaped, and he danced hornpipes where he shouldn't, and the whale felt most unhappy indeed. Have you forgotten the suspenders? So he said to the stutefish, this man is very nubbly, and besides, he is making me hiccough. What shall I do? Tell him to come out, said the stute fish. So the whale called down his own throat to the shipwrecked mariner. Come out and behave yourself. I've got the hiccoughs. Nay, nay, said the mariner. Not so, but far otherwise. Take me to my natal shore and the white cliffs of Albion and I'll think about it. And he began to dance more than ever. You had better take him home, said the stute fish to the whale. I ought to have warned you that he is a man of infinite resource and sagacity. So the whale swam and swam and swam, with both flippers and his tail, as hard as he could for the hiccoughs. And at last he saw the mariner's natal shore and the white cliffs of Albion, and he rushed halfway up the beach, opened his mouth wide and wide and wide, and said, Change here for Winchester, Ashelot, Nashua, Keene, and stations on the Fitchburg Road. And just as he said Fitch, the mariner walked out of his mouth. But while the whale had been swimming, the mariner, who indeed was a person of infinite resource and sagacity, had taken his jackknife and cut up the raft into little square grating, all running crisscross. And then he tied it firm with his suspenders. Now you know why you were not to forget the suspenders. And he dragged that grating, good and tight, on to the whale's throat, and there it stuck. Then he recited the following sloka, which... As you have not heard it, I will now proceed to relate. By means of a grating, I have stopped your ating. For the mariner, he was also an hibernarian, and he stepped out on the shingle, went home to his mother, who gave him leave to trail his toes in the water, and he married and lived happily ever afterward. So did the whale. But from that day on, the grating in his throat, which he could neither cough up nor swallow down, prevented him eating anything except very, very small fish. And that is the reason why whales nowadays never eat men or boys or little girls. 
the small, stooped fish went and hid himself in the mud under the door-sills of the equator. He was afraid that the whale might be angry with him. The sailor took the jackknife home. He was wearing the blue canvas breeches when he walked out of the shingle. The suspenders were left behind, you see, to tie the grating with. And that is the end of that tale. Now, this was written a long time ago, like I said, and there's a couple of wonderful words in there that you may not know the meaning of, like sagacity. What do you think sagacity means? You probably know what resource means, a man of resource or a person of resource, someone that's clever, right? They have lots of ideas and thoughts and resources. But sagacity, what does that mean? Hmm... Well, sagacity comes from being sagacious. <laughs> and sagacious means that he's really, really smart. Someone that's an authority on something. Somebody that's very, very clever. I wonder where the word sagacious comes from. It starts with saga, S-A-G-A. I wonder if that's got anything to do with it. Actually, it comes from the Old English word secan, which means to inquire or search for, which kind of makes sense, I suppose, because if you're inquiring and looking for knowledge, right, then if you've got that knowledge, then you're sagacious, keenly perceptive, discerning. Ooh, I do like words. Do you like words? I love words. Talking of words, you remember last time when we were talking about Edward Lear? Well, he, was, he also wrote a lot of limericks, which are very short poems, which are incredibly silly. And uh, he, was actually, he was actually brought into Queen Victoria in England's uh, palace to teach her how to paint. Many people don't realise that Edward Lear was an absolutely marvellous painter, but he is now only remembered for his silly stories and verses. So anyway, I'm going to tell you a couple of his limericks. There was a person of Harrow who bought a mahogany barrow. For he said to his wife, you're the joy of my life, and I'll wheel you all day in this barrow. It's almost a love song, isn't it? Here's another one. There was an old man of Dumbree who taught little owls to drink tea, for he said to eat mice is not proper nor nice, that amiable man of Dumbree. So you should probably know that Dumbree is a place, as is Harrow. Harrow is uh, just outside of London. Dumbree, well, it sounds like it comes from Scotland the north of Britain. Anyway, that's about it for today. Why don't you try and make some limericks of your own? A limerick usually uh, ends with the same word that ends on the first line. And they all have that to doodle doodle do do to doodle do doodle do do to doodle do doodle do do doodle to doodle do doodle do do that's the pattern that they use for limericks. And when I say they, I mean those people that write limericks. <laughs>
Well, thanks for listening to Lindy Line, a story podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. By simply subscribing and telling your friends about this podcast will help. But also, please leave a review on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to this, as it helps others find these stories. Most podcasts have advertisers. We don't. If you want to drop a price of a dog biscuit for Mo and the cost of a cup of tea for me, that would be lovely. It's hungry work in the woods. You can also become a patron and pay as little as $1 to as much as you think it was worth. If you become a Patreon patron at www.patreon.com forward slash Simon Brooks, you get extra resources and outtakes. You might even see a photo or two of Mo, my wonderful rescue dog, and photographs of our adventures together. Hashtag in the woods with Mo. Once when all creatures could understand one another, and the realm of magic was as apparent as the swords worn, there were stories. I hope you enjoyed today's story. This is where my telling ends. <laughs>